This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 12, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. It was an odd piece of legislation passed during a time when lawmakers should be out running for re-election. Billions of dollars to keep teachers and other public employees employed. Neil McCluskey, Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom, says it's more than just a bailout for teachers. The main part of the bill is a $10 billion essentially bailout to states so that they can retain teachers or even hire new teachers. Uh, There's also a $16 billion uh, part of that that has to do with Medicaid, um, which also would free up money for um, police officers and first responders and things like that. But it seems that the driving uh, force behind this bill was the, the teacher and public school employee bailout component. How does this kind of legislation coming from the federal government alter uh, incentives at the state level to deal with uh, funding issues as well as problems that have been persistent in education systems? Right. Well, first, let's set the stage for this. Over the last 40 years, we've seen uh, massive increases in employment in public school districts relative to enrollment. So employment's gone up at about 10 times faster pace than enrollment has changed. So we have huge influxes of teachers and other employees, uh, huge increases in expenditures, but at the same time, there's been zero upward movement in achievement. So we've gotten nothing essentially back from all this employment. So Clearly, we've spent a lot of money in increasing amounts for years. What bailouts like this do is enable states to continue to have hugely bloated, I mean, obese education systems that don't produce anything. Because, you know, even if the taxpayers in the locality and the states say we don't want to pay anymore, they just go hat in hand to the federal government, say we're having a crisis, and the federal government takes taxpayer money and gives it to these systems. So what it ultimately does is insulates states and their public school system from ever having to become even remotely efficient. Education is a, a huge component of state budgets, typically, but even that component of state budgets still has to... Uh, justify itself relative to other components of state spending given, you know, the strictures of revenue. Yeah, although let's be uh, very clear about this, especially if you go to states with a lot of protections in the law for unions. The teacher union, there are are lots of, of special interest groups in education, but the teachers union's the biggest. And in almost every state, they are by far the most powerful special interest group in that state. So the schools are almost always the very last area to feel any effect of decreasing revenues for the state or or usually half-hearted efforts by many states to to live within their means. So yes, I mean, eventually you could reach the point where a state has no money and they would have nothing to give to anybody. But whenever they're cutting, the schools, because of the power of the teachers' unions, are the last to feel any pain. Given the budget deficits that uh, the United States government is already facing, where did all this money come from? There are two sources for the money. One was eliminating um, various tax breaks that... Uh, Corporations based in the U.S., but that go abroad for you know to, to set up factories and to employ people, uh, they're eliminating some of those tax breaks. The really curious and I think telling source of funding for this 
is cuts in food stamps. And why this is telling is the Democratic Party, and, and the reality is it's the Democrats who are clearly pushing this. Um, the Democratic Party tries to at least define itself as being the party that cares about the poor and is compassionate for the poor. And it's if that's the case, it seems very strange and uh, against their character to take money from food stamps, which is supposed to help the truly needy, to give it to teachers who, if you look at their salaries, if you look at their lifestyles, are clearly middle class and upper middle class professionals. It seems very strange that they would do that. And it's hard to not be convinced that this is all about trying to energize teachers and teachers' unions to get out there and support Democrats as we head into the midterm elections, which would also explain why so many Democrats were willing to take time off from campaigning during their break in the summer to come back to D.C. to vote for this thing. Presumably they could have made political hay by campaigning during this time, but they must have seen much more value in getting this bailout passed. Neil McCluskey is author of the book Feds in the Classroom. He is associate director of the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom. You can read more on education at cato.org.